Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news and agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. If you like yesterday, I don't think you'll be too disappointed today as we look at the news and agriculture. Got a lot of chores to do this morning, and I'll be doing them alone this morning. Jill is uh, in bed. I think she said she's got some holiday baking to do and some uh, holiday chores. So I said, well, go get them done. So she is uh, not with us today, but we'll, we'll struggle through and get the chores done. One of the fun things we always like to look at, I always look forward to this coming in December, National Corn Growers released their results of the National Corn Growing Contest. And, uh, again, some pretty big numbers from around the country. We'll share familiar names on the top national winners. And uh, in Wisconsin, we'll share some of those numbers, too. We're nowhere near, in Wisconsin, nowhere near what the national winners are as far as uh, their corn yields. But uh, I think those guys live in their cornfields to win these competitions. But uh, there are some very impressive numbers as we take a look at that. Also, milk. you got to legislate milk. You know, that's how crazy this world is. Milk in the school lunch programs. We've talked about that before when you and I were kids way back, way back when. We had milk. It was just a given. Now, oh my goodness, everybody's got a say on milk and how healthy it is for us. Man, oh man, I'm 76 years old. I had a physical two weeks ago. The doctor said, I wish all my patients were like you. What a way to end the day. You're one of the healthiest patients I've got. I said, well, I've drank milk all my life. He said, well, that's not a bad thing. So again, I don't know what uh, what people what people see, but milk has to be legislated. All the important things they've got to do they got to talk about milk in Congress, but they did, but it's on a positive note. So we'll share that with you as well. We'll give you more on the Alcivia move, which is going to be to uh, construct that big facility over in the Maiden Rock, Hager City area. I actually talked to some folks down in the home office in Cottage Grove yesterday, and uh, they told me that uh, demolition has already begun of the old sand loading facility that was down there. They've already started earlier this week, taking that thing apart and uh, moving on to putting in that facility that, again, will explain what it's going to be all about, how big it's going to be, when it's going to be done. We'll talk about that as well and kind of uh, hash out some of that. So lots to talk about today and uh, lots of other things to look at as well. We're about nine minutes before 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock here. We get the chores started early. Warmest spots in Wisconsin? Western Wisconsin, over Menominee, Baldwin, over towards the west, it's in the 40s, low 40s, or right at 40 degrees this morning. So again, that's the best weather right here. And uh, again, some other things we'll talk about. Uh, Saw this. We talk here about right to repair and how uh, John Deere has been taken to court by some farmers. Well, John Deere has announced an enhanced self-repair solution 
available initially in the United States through its equipment mobile app, enabling customers to remotely download secure software updates directly to embedded controllers on compatible 4G-connected John Deere equipment. The update follows the March 2022 announcement that expanded the availability to purchase Customer Service Advisor, that's a program, advisor program, directly from John Deere. So again, the self-repair, the right to repair issue continues to be an issue as we move forward. Also, on, uh, I guess, a a wake-up-and-be-aware situation, farm accidents. I know you think most of the combines, and they are, put away, and, uh, you know, fall chisel tools are put away, but uh, still things are getting done. You know, this weather is continuing, and a few folks are scratching around out there doing a little fall tillage and hauling manure, whatever the case may be. A report yesterday, I don't know how this happened, but a lacrosse county farmer, a 79-year-old guy, died as a result of a farm accident, had a farm accident, they uh, helicoptered him to a hospital, but he died. So again, be very, very, I don't know if this was animal-related, machinery-related, I haven't seen the details, but the bottom line is it was a farm accident, and a 79-year-old lacrosse county farmer did die as a result of a farm accident. So again, Farm safety first, because we put the machinery away doesn't mean that we can't have farm accidents. We're operating machinery on the farms 24-7-365. That never goes away. So be very, very careful as you get out there and do chores, especially if, uh, you know, I know 79-year-old, I assume it was his farm, but I don't know that. But be very, very careful. Farm uh, farm safety is such an important issue. Coming up, we're going to get more on Farm Technology Days 2024 and the new situation out there. Anna Maynard, and for years Anna's been in charge of all the displays and signing everybody up and getting everybody located in Tent City. Well, evidently, Arnie Gentleman, who came on and took over Farm Technology Days, I don't know, three, four years ago at the most maybe, evidently he's not on the scene anymore. He was there last summer down in Baraboo, but evidently he's gone. I don't know why or how or what happened, but Anna Maynard, who lives down in the Waterloo area, she's now the general manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, and uh, Pam Yonke caught up to her recently to talk about her vision for shows in the future. We all know Farm Technology Days has changed since the University Extension in Madison pulled out of the show after, you know, the University of Wisconsin Those folks were the ones that initiated the show originally back in the 1950s. Thought it would be great to share all the latest in agricultural technology with Wisconsin farmers. Now, I don't know if they don't feel the same way or whether it's a financial issue. They never explained why they are pulling out. But we do have a different extension structure, as we all know, in Wisconsin. And that includes backing away from farm technology days. Remember, the county agent used to be the general manager, and then there was a a civilian, so to speak, took over, and a civilian board that really ran the show, but uh, under the guidance of a general manager and UW Extension. But that's all changed now. You're kind of on your own, so to speak, but the show is very alive and well. And again, this August, it'll be coming to uh, the middle of August. It'll be coming to Chippewa County up in Kadat at the uh, Country Fest grounds. So again, look forward to hearing from Anna Maynard, who is the new general manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. I'll bet when 
she signed on to take over as the uh, coordinator of exhibits and all those sorts of things. She never thought she'd be having this title, but uh, the world has changed. Oh, has it ever. So is the weather. I don't know. Is it changing? Because it's sure not as cold as it usually is in December. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About three minutes before 5 o'clock. If uh, you start at 5 or punch the clock and leave at 5, when you get out there, it'll be a pretty nice morning because uh, we're well into the 30s. Western Wisconsin, the warmest. Menominee, Baldwin, they're 40 right now. But a chance of rain today and maybe a better chance tomorrow. 44 the high today, 39 tomorrow, then partly cloudy, meaning we'll see sun and clouds Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Temperatures are mostly going to be in the upper 30s to around 40, except Monday when it looks like it's going to be a little cooler day. Monday, the high is only 29. Remember, some Decembers, we'd jump for joy if we had a high of 29, but uh, that looks like it'll be the coldest day of the next five or six around here. But again, a little chance rain. It's going to be cloudy today. And we will have chances of rain off and on. I don't expect it will be very heavy, but we'll check in. Derek Dahlman's in the 13 First Alert weather room this morning. We'll hear from him later on. But again, as we said, the warm spots off to the west. Menominee, Baldwin, they're at 40 this morning. Boy, we're not that far from Menominee, and we're only 33 degrees right now. Just got a phone call from another old man. He might be stopping in the studio here in just a little while on a Friday morning here at Wax. So, uh, again... We'll wait and uh, see if he makes it, <laughs> see, if he, see if the old man can get in the back door this morning uh, so we uh, could have some company. All right, we'll see you later on this morning. All right, it is one minute after 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX, Eau Claire again, 33 degrees, 44 today. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 15th of December, temperatures in the 40s. Yeah, 44 today. There is a chance of rain. It'll be a cloudy day today, but 44. 35 is not even going to freeze overnight. And then tomorrow on Saturday, it'll be 39 with probably a little better chance of rain. But again, not going to be white. Doesn't look like. Maybe, I don't know, a few places might see some white, but not very many. So 44 today, 39 tomorrow. And then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it'll Pretty much clear up. We'll have partly cloudy to partly sunny days, and temperatures will be very nice. 30s, low 40s, except Monday will be a cold day, or cooler day, I should say. 29. Boy, you call 29 cold or cool. That's, uh, you know, something's something screwy in December with our weather. But uh, I tell you, for man and beast, it feels awfully nice out there. As we said, the warm spots in western Wisconsin right now, Menominee, Baldwin area, and places west. 40 to low 40s, 36 in Rice Lake, 33 in Medford and Wausau, 35 in Marshfield. Lacrosse is 36. Green Bay, Madison, Sun Prairie at 35, Milwaukee at 39, and uh, we're one of the cool spots right now around here in, well, I guess called central Wisconsin because Menominee, what, 25 miles to the west is 40. We're 33 right now. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at some of those numbers, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Cash livestock, how'd they trade this week? Cattle prices a little softer. Choice fed beef steers and heifers, 145 to 159. 
The Finnish Dairy Cross steers and heifers at 145 to 157. Choice fed Holstein steers 142 to 153. Select silage fed overweight 107 to 137. Bulk of the cows trading 61 to 79, a top of 107 on the cows. Bulls 80 cents to a dollar. Butcher hogs 29 to 74, the sows 29 to 38, the boars 16 and down in the sheep and lamb trade. Shorn market lambs and the unshorn market lambs trading $1.10 to $1.80. Feeder lambs 90 to 250, ewes 25 to 110, small goats 20 to 175, medium goats 50 to $185, large goats 140 to 340, the nanny goats 20 to 215. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, we had markets, uh, for the most part, were higher. Cattle prices were higher across the board. December live cattle, 167.50. That was up 55. February at 167.92. That was up 70. April at 171.57, up 62. June at 168.75. That was up 47. Feeder cattle also higher. January at 219.35, up $1.97. March, 220.12. Up two twenty seven, April at two twenty four thirty two, up two fifty, May at two twenty eight twenty five, up two fifty two, August at two forty forty, that was up two dollars and forty cents a hundred. Lean hog carcasses, the only minus sign was right here on the December lean hog carcass contract that closed at sixty seven seventeen, and that was down seventy five. February hog seventy forty seven up three seventy five. April up two eighty at seventy seven seventeen and May hogs up two twelve at eighty four oh five. Board of trade yesterday was uh, kind of quiet. Corn about steady. Beans were higher. Sales this year exp- or this week rather. Export sales were pretty good. We got a weaker dollar that helps as well. Also Brazilian crop prices have gone up. And that's put a little pressure on uh, what we've seen as far as uh, the export demand. It's had sales a little higher. March corn up a fraction at 480. The oats down a nickel overnight at 365. March wheat down a penny at 614. Soybeans up four at 1336. May soybean meal, or March soybean meal rather, that was up a dollar a ton at 396.80. Dairy markets continue to be very lackluster. Well, let's just call them bad. Barrel cheese down two and a quarter, one forty nine and a half. The blocks down three at one fifty seven. Butter at two forty six. December class three down a penny at sixteen twenty. January down a dime at sixteen twenty four. February down seventeen at sixteen thirty four. March down fifteen at seventeen oh eight. And April down eight at seventeen sixty four. And as we said, the old man's back in town. He's in the studio. We'll chat with him in just a moment. we got some numbers to look at. We'll get his response on how they do this. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, almost 14 minutes after 5 o'clock. And as we said, we've got a guest in the studio. He uh, evidently is rested up from hunting and harvest. Brentwig, what are you doing up this early coming over this part of the world? I've got some travels in the area. I thought I'd leave a little bit early. You know, I thought, oh, I'll come in late because I'm sitting in Jill's seat. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. said she wasn't going to be in well, the next couple of bed. Fridays, she's so I thought, bed. come late, leave early. There you go. And just plus, like, it just feels like, like Jill, just like Jill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> plus, it feels like spring. Boy, I left does. it was 43 degrees. Yeah, I was going to say, western Wisconsin over your way, over Glenwood City, Baldwin, Menominee. That's a warm spot yeah, this morning. I, I, I feel like telling the guys to get the planters ready. Yeah, it's time, really time to get going. Well, I love it. Let's talk about that. I'm glad you call. I'm glad you're here because I can explain the numbers, but I want you to speculate on 
on what this. The National Corn Growers have released the names and numbers for their 2023 National Corn Growing Contest. And familiar names at the top once again. David Hula of Charles City, Virginia, was the overall champion grower with yields of 623.8 bushels an acre. Finishing second was Alex Harrell of Georgia, 401.9 bushels an acre. And you were telling me, you were reading an article at uh, some areas of that field of David Hula's 623.8. There were some where the yields were only 300-plus. Yeah, it was interesting. That field he talks about just yeah. a lot of variability and, and the whole field average, I think, 150-acre field that he did the trial in was 330 bushel or something for the field average. So you think, how can a, another spot in the field be a whole crop bigger? I, I mean, how can it be? What, what, I mean, you have to tissue test about yeah, every other day. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of reading. You feed this crop all the time. What, I, what does it take? I'm always amazed with these guys and, and all of the attention to detail. We were talking off the air of, well, I wonder what they spend to get that. And I get it. They're spending a tremendous amount, but to see a corn plant's ability. So certainly tissue sampling and multiple, multiple applications of spoon feeding the nutrients and micronutrients and i've never had a chance to listen to david speak uh this winter i was going to try to make it down to the commodity classic if he was speaking but that that's incredible that is absolutely incredible 623 bushel per acre I, i'm just blown how slow away do you gotta drive the combine when you <laughs> yeah, get that kind of i mean you uh, almost have to oh almost my goodness push the combine I, yeah i've got to do i've got to do about four acres to get that or, or three sometimes this year was a little better, but wow, that's that's amazing. A different category. Uh, his son in the uh, I think it was the strip till or or a no till category, no till irrigated. His son won that category with five hundred ninety bushels. So dad taught son some stuff. Craig Hula was uh, tops in that oh. category. I'm just blown and you away. Think Virginia and everybody's got good soil in some places, but you think Illinois, Iowa. Nebraska someplace would be growing the best corn, but it's Virginia, Virginia. and yeah, Georgia I, too. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I forget who was always kind of giving them a run for the money. Yeah, but that it was Alex a grower in, down there in Georgia. Georgia, yeah. So that's that's. But amazing. he was only 400 bushels. What a what a slacker. Yeah, <laughs> boy. But compared, how much approximately? And again, we're just. Yeah. Brent didn't know we we're going to talk about this. No. Pulled some numbers out of the air. How much more from from our Corn, well, from your farm, how much How much more did he put into inputs to get 600 bushels versus you getting well over 200 in many of your fields yeah, this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I know it has to be at least several hundred dollars, you know, by, by time the micronutrients yeah. that you're putting yeah. on and all those different passes. And, and obviously these guys do it for bragging rights, not return on investment in in that part of the field, but uh, I'm still just blown away at the the capability of a corn plant and the soil to do that. And we should give them credit. Now, they've you've got the list there that I handed you. What uh, what variety there? You what uh, kinds of corn are they growing? They, now, should, now you're going to make now you're well, going to make me say, mad. Well, well, he, I he know, had, but he I mean, pioneer, well, he had a pioneer variety. Yeah, okay. And uh, in here, Wisconsin, the uh, top yield that I saw, I scanned this quickly this morning, so I hope I'm correct. Nobody around our area was, uh, that I saw anyway, was in the uh, in the running. But conventional, non-irrigated, Steve Van Bogart from down in Belmont, that's down southwest, I believe, Belmont. Okay. 
he had a DeKalb and 327.3. That was throwaway acres for David Hula in Virginia. Yeah, I even, hate to say that. Even on I mean, the national corridor, yeah. so you get past David, and, and there's a lot of 300s yeah, yep, in here. So yep. that, that Wisconsin number down in Belmont certainly so isn't, oh, no, isn't too shabby once you remove that very top one. But, yep. yeah. That's, oh, wait a minute. I stand corrected. I stand corrected here. Okay. The overall top yield that I find, as I said, I just scanned this, so I just see a new number here. Strip, minimum till, mulch, ridge till, non-irrigated. Reginald camped from Darlington, 351.78 bushels an acre. Wow. That's, that's what I see now as the uh, top yield in Wisconsin in any type of growing environment here. Yeah, that is that is absolutely amazing. Well, good job to them. That, that actually... Put them up against the rest of the U.S. That that fares really well once you remove that that very top one. It really does amazing stuff. Amazing what they can do. But in the I field. think it's amazing with the weather we had to grow the yields that we had this year. Yeah, this certainly on our farm and a lot of growers I talked to. This was the best year with with probably the least amount of rain on the early part of the season. So wow, what a season! Yeah, it really was and. We'll talk to Brent Moore. He's yep. uh, not going to get out of here. We got nope. things to do because uh, you know this kind of weather, lack of snow, this stays on. What does it mean next spring? We'll get a an, agro- an agronomist thoughts on that. We we know it's probably not good. We need snow cover. We need moisture. Hey, we're going to hear from Anna Maynard, General Manager of Farm Technology Days, next on Wax. For those who work in acres. Not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Wisconsin Farm Technology Day is always looking at innovation, education, and what's new when it comes to Wisconsin agriculture. That was the case in 2023, and it's going to be the case in 2024 and beyond. Joining us now is the new general manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, a face very familiar to those of us that have attended the show and participated, Anna Maynard. Now, let's start right there, Anna, and make sure people understand. You've taken over the reins of leadership and guidance on the Wisconsin Farm Technology Days show uh, explain the board's decision to bring you as general manager and uh, your vision for how the show is going to be placed across the state going forward. Well, thanks, Pam. Um, the board wanted to have some experience going forward. You know, agriculture's in flux. Our organization has always been involved with extension, and that's kind of been going through changes and things. So they wanted to take a new look at how are we going to move forward? How are we going to provide the education in and about agriculture that we've been working on for over 50 years? And um, the answer was, well, let's do some things different. And I proposed to them that let's start working directly with farms. You know, let's go out there and find some farms that really want to have this show and just work with them directly. And the board liked that idea. Um, You know, I've been working with the show since 2000 and uh, worked pretty heavily in Baraboo. And so uh, they decided to uh, give my group the reins and that uh, we can go forward and try our vision of working directly with farms. Outstanding. Let's go back just a bit, Anna, and recap Baraboo, the show location for the 2023 event. It was a different look. It was at site-neutral grounds, but I thought the crowd looked really good. Yeah, I think the show came off very good. The reason we were at kind of a farm neutral site 
was because the year that that show needed to get set up was our COVID year. Um, the year that we had to, to select that nobody was really stepping forward. So we had to find a location to have the show. We were very pleased with working with the group up there at the steam and gas engine club. Um, they were very helpful. Um, exhibitors seemed to be very happy. They were seeing quality, um, attendees. Um, selling their products, selling their services. And we were happy with some of the new things we put in place. The Youth Ag Adventure, where kids got their little passport and they walked around and visited different locations. Both the kids and the uh, companies that participated in that felt very um, good about that approach and uh, said they saw more kids than they have in the past. So overall, I think the Baraboo Show was a great success and it showed us that there are different ways that this show can be managed and still be very successful. One change that was made uh, prior to this year's show, Anna, was really the categorization of the show itself. Its mission has always remained true, but with dynamic changes in Wisconsin agriculture, dynamic changes within University Extension, which used to be a major partner of the show, the board of directors decided to make a subtle change in how you're classified. Explain that a little bit and why it takes a lot of the really uh, financial responsibility off the shoulders of the show. Yes, well, we decided in 2022 to become a 501c3. So we are now a nonprofit. We've always been a nonprofit, but now we're a a charitable educational organization. And so um, that was one thing that was an important change that we wanted to make. Our purpose is fulfilling our mission rather than making sure that there's a lot of money in the bank. You know, we want to make sure that we're using the funds that we raise to fulfill our mission. So that was very important. And then the idea of working directly with farms. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the way that we used to work was we would go into a county and see if the, the county, the county board, the egg extension agent, whatever, if they would um, agree to host the show, and then from there they would go out and find a location. Well, what we're doing now is we're going straight to the cow's mouth. Uh, we're going straight to the farms and saying, if you would like to be a host for Farm Technology ba- Days, we will um, contract directly with you. And so that is what we have done for the 25 show. The Clintons are on board for 2025 in Bear Creek over in Wapaka County. And we do have a host for 2026. You'll be seeing that announcement shortly. But uh, we are hearing from farms. We've already heard from farms that are interested in 2027. So um, the show is uh, made this turn, and it seems right now to be a lot of enthusiasm behind farms that want to be the host of the show. Anna Maynard's along with us, the new general manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. And as you probably recognize, Anna, no stranger to the show. And the other thing that I want people to understand, despite the fact that there was that uh, category change, so to speak, in Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, now a 501c3 nonprofit, the Baraboo Show, the 2023 show, still got a chance to make enough money to return to the community. Yes, we made um, $30,000. We gave $30,000 back to the nonprofits in the area. Um, As volunteers came in and worked for the show, we recorded their hours. 
and then we provided funds back to their charities of choice. And so there were 29 different charities that received varying amounts of money um, in excess of $30,000. And so we are still committed to being out there in the areas that we go to for the show. We want that area to be highlighted, and we want to benefit the organizations that are in that area. Let's talk about the 2024 show then, Anna. That has been in play for quite a number of years now. It is, again, not a completely different look, but a little bit of a hybrid. Tell us about Chippewa County, the 2024 show, and where it stands now. Chippewa County is coming along very well. Um, We are now, you know, about nine months out. And so the committees are working hard. We're planning on having field demonstrations again. We haven't, didn't have field demonstrations in 2023. So 2024, we'll see a return to that. You'll see a lot of your favorite things. Um, the horse arena is going to be there. Um, the rural event center that features entertainment, nonprofit organizations. Um, as in 2023, we're going to be having food trucks again. That went over very well in 2023, so that will be returning. Uh, our Innovation Square, Vez Artex, is the um, sponsor for Innovation Square, and Compeer is going to come in and be a sponsor for that. They are all going to focus on innovation in dairy. So that whole area is going to be about what's the latest in dairy. Um, again, we'll have the very um, popular agribusiness tents where you can walk through and see a large number of companies providing product and services um, throughout. And um, I also wanted to mention Rural Mutual is back in. They're going to be the big sponsor for the Rural Event Center. So uh, things are coming together up there, and we're really excited about the show. And we are very excited about the show. And that's, again, Farm Technology Day is going to be in the Kanad area, Chippewa County, Country Fest. You know, one thing about it, Brent Wink is with us, of course, this morning. He's driving through, so he thought he'd stop in and help us do the chores this morning. Yeah, you bet. You, I mean, you know, it's a GPS, and everybody knows where that is. That yeah, site is. Certainly, and it's beautiful facility over there. And You were just telling me that they actually got some alfalfa seeded down around it, and they'll have field demonstrations. And Looks good. Oh, that is incredible. That's good to have it that close, and and certainly plenty of room over there. That's for sure. There's plenty of room. It should be a good show. So mid-August, mark it on your calendar. We've got to mark this on our calendar. That's some news this morning. Morgan McCarthy has the latest from the newsroom. Morgan, good morning. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll start in the courts where we know a corn milling operation from Wisconsin has agreed to pay, and we'll talk numbers. It's the company in Cambria that has to pay the U.S. Department of Labor $1.8 million in a settlement. Didion Milling has agreed to pay the settlement after an explosion. You probably remember that was in 2017 at a corn mill plant northeast of Madison. The explosion killed five people and injured 12 others. The company pleaded guilty to falsifying cleaning and other logs in September of this year. Didion's vice president and former food safety superintendent have both been convicted. Other company officials are waiting sentencing hearings as well. We look at headlines that stretch the state, and Wisconsin will be getting $414 million to improve wastewater and stormwater infrastructure. Governor Tony Evers and the Department of Natural Resources talking about allocating that money to smaller and more disadvantaged Wisconsin communities. 
Right now, the DNR giving 56 million of the money in principal forgiveness, the remainder with reduced interest rate loans. Evers says the hope is that those funded projects will reduce phosphorus discharges and replace some outdated equipment. Well, we're talking projects, uh, building projects also getting a boost, 589 million in funding here. State uh, Governor Tony Evers and the Wisconsin Building Commission approved the projects, and that includes some local as well here at uh, UW Stouts Heritage Hall, for example. That'll get some upgrades and renewal. The commission is made up of Governor Evers, six state representatives and senators, and one citizen as well. And telehealth, where you have those symptoms, maybe COVID-19 related symptoms, and you want to check in with somebody, but you don't necessarily want to go somewhere. Telehealth services for COVID-19 are actually being extended through April of next year because the Wisconsin Department of Health Services says they're seeing increases in COVID cases in our state, and that was a factor in making sure that telehealth is available for a little longer. You can find info online, 715newsroom.com. Just a heads up as you head out, more troopers on the road starting today, and that'll last until New Year's Day as they amp up enforcement for the holiday season. And speaking of the holidays, sure, it's merry and bright, but what about the stress? Sometimes that can mean trouble. Research shows more people die of heart attacks in the last week of December than any other time of year. Dr. Johanna Contreras of Mount Sinai Hospital says it's usually due to a number of factors, including cold weather that can restrict blood flow, added stress, and an overindulgence in rich food and alcohol. Heart attacks increased 37% on Christmas Eve, peaking at 10 p.m., It happens most with people who are over the age of 75 and those with diabetes or who have prior cardiovascular disease. Lisa G, NBC News Radio, New York. And a reminder, during the hustle and bustle of the season, slow down a bit and take care of yourself as well. We head back to the barn to get those chores done. They always have to be taken care of with Bob Bosold and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. We've got a lot of chores to do. In fact, uh, the weather, we're going to take a look at that. And I think... As a man, woman, kid, you're going to like it. So are the critters. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the crack of dawn never felt so good either outside at the middle of December. Let's get over to 13 first alert weather. Derek Dahlman is in the chair this morning. Morning, Derek. Good morning, Bob. Boy, I'll tell you, it is nice out there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I cannot complain. I've been preaching all morning. Our average lows right now are into the low teens. And, I mean, starting out the day in the 30s, can't really ask for too much better, especially in December. And I'll tell you, the old adage, go west, young man, (laughs) is true today. That's the best part. Uh, Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, We did have all that sunshine yesterday. However, for today, we'll be trading that in for cloud cover. There could be a stray shower or sprinkle in the Chippewa Valley, but I do think our best chances of showers throughout the day going to be primarily north and west of the area. It's going to be another mild one out there. Our high this afternoon reaching up to around 44 degrees. However, later tonight, we are going to have better chances of widespread rain across the area. Lows dip into the mid-30s. Could see some showers tomorrow morning, maybe a stray shower into tomorrow afternoon before things dry out. We'll be cloudy. Highs around 39 degrees, and then we are going to be rounding out the weekend with a mostly cloudy sky on Sunday, a bit breezy from the west-northwest, and temperature-wise still above average into the upper 30s. Right now in Eau Claire, it's 33 degrees. I'm 13 First Alert Meteorologist Derek Dahlman. Now, I don't know if you checked back, but wasn't it about a year ago this 
date or within a day or two, we got about eight inches of snow. Yeah, we got a whopper of a snowstorm, and then obviously December 15, 2021, the complete opposite in a tornado outbreak. So it's That's been a right. wild couple of years of weather here. Boy, it really is. Keep an eye on it for us. I sure will. All right, there he goes. Derek Dahlman over there at 13 First Alert Weather. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 44 degrees today, and, and uh, earlier this week, we've been alluding to this off and on, but the House did vote 330 to 99 to pass the Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act. The bill would give schools the option to serve 2% even whole milk now to students through the school feeding programs. Now, this isn't going to happen right after Christmas. All these things go through the process, and it's not done yet anyway. But whole milk options in school meals were taken away from the lunch lady back in 2012, remember Michelle Obama didn't like this, and she got her way, got chocolate milk out of there and whole milk out of there. And uh, I don't know who was chewing on her ear, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't right. Also, there's an amendment to that whole milk bill. It also passed by a voice vote in the House. It was co-authored by 7th District Congressman Tom Tiffany, and uh, that amendment would also stop the administration from banning chocolate milk and flavored milk in schools Following a report from earlier this year that claimed the USDA had actually proposed that would restrict sales of flavored milk in school lunchrooms. So, again, the Senate has their version of the bill, but it also has bipartisan support from, you know, bipartisan Democrats and Republicans. So that's a good thing, and hopefully that will move forward. we got to get the, get this milk back into schools. Brent Wink is with us, and uh, Brent, you guys were in the dairy business on your farm for uh, for a long time. Do you remember, yeah. and I alluded to this yesterday, you go to these meetings, and from over in the River Falls area, remember Andy Hilpert? Yeah, yep. How he used to go to meetings and propose these school lunch programs, have to get the school milk program back in. They voted it out back years ago, and yep. you know, you talk about needed programs that were thrown out, now, that was one. Right, and and just to, I remember just fighting with schools to have vending machines, to have chocolate milk or these kinds of things, and it was okay to have all the pop and all those things. Candy bars and all that stuff, but not milk. Yeah, and here we are in the dairy state. So hopefully this is going to go through and go further. Also in the news, and and Brent's a farmer, and and in all disclosure, and Brent's job, he works with cooperatives around the area. Alcivia is one co-op that Brent works with. And uh, the news that they're building this huge facility over in the Maiden Rock, Hager City area, as a farmer, more than agronomist and a guy that works with them, what's your reaction to having this big facility now on the Wisconsin side of the river with so much railroad tracks and things yep. like that? Yep. This, this, is, this is a huge announcement. Uh, I know the area well. Know the know the individual that sold the property to them and the sand facility right on Highway 35, uh, beautiful rail access to three major rail lines, and like and I was the rail, the rail is already there. The rail spurs are there. In. The infrastructure is already built. You know, from when they were doing this, the fracking and and all of that. So certainly they got to put grain bins up and dryers. And but I was talking with a grower yesterday. He said, "Well, I probably won't sell any grain there." And I said, "Well, the impact because he is too far away. The impact will be felt much farther than that. You know, the basis or what what yep. companies have yep. to bid for it." Here's another opportunity. We're going to ship corn west. We're going to ship corn south. We're this isn't just for ethanol usage in our area. This is this is corn that's going to go across the United States, coming right out of Hager City, Wisconsin. Yeah, they alluded on, to uh, Hereford, Texas, or someplace is going to be getting this corn direct. Absolutely. So so many opportunities, and 
you know, it's cooperative. If they make profit, which certainly you want to do, sell them grain, make a, make a profit, have patronage that comes back with it. To have it on our side of the river is huge as well. You know, I know there are some growers that are bringing some over into Minnesota to a, another rail loadout facility. So it certainly just opens it up so much for, for growers on on the Wisconsin side. But I know they'll pull a lot of grain from the Minnesota side as well. So you just uh, it just is always good to have another option for mm-hmm. this. So it, this is going to be a, a huge, huge impact for our area. And then all those other things are going to do with the rail, the propane. You know, you look at a cold winter, uh, we're always on the verge of, of running out of propane and to be able to have rail load out with that and the dry fertilizer, liquid fertilizer. Uh, this is, this is a, just a, a great day. It's awesome to see that kind of investment made in in uh, our area so i'm super excited about it and like i said growers that are a hundred miles away that never ship a bushel of grain to them it's going to have a positive impact on their grain prices as you said you know the guy that's holding the land you've seen that site they've started uh, demolition or yep. whatever they have to do over there i have never been on that site but uh is it from what you've seen of that what's on that facility now and what they want to put there how much of it's going to be demolition? Because they want to finish this in March of 2025. Yeah, when we were when I was looking at it a year ago with the uh, with the guy that owned it then, you know, just the stuff for frac sand, that equipment just doesn't work for grain. No, no. So unfortunately, a lot of that has to go. But your your electricity that's there, the certainly yeah, the rail spur. The I don't know the total cost, but the millions of dollars of rail spur that are already there. Uh, and having electric service, having having uh, kind of all those things taken care of, but yes, there's a lot of stuff that that has to disappear. Uh, that that just you know, I think it's been sitting empty for several years now, and just that stuff is not the same kind of equipment that you'd use for a mm-hmm. grain facility. So it's uh, it, yeah, a work it's, in progress. It's going to be exciting, absolutely yeah, really exciting. Good also, job before for them. before we let you go, Brent Wink with us, and Brent, you know, is here all during the planting, growing, and harvesting season, but. Passing through, everything couldn't sleep last night, so we got up and took yeah. a drive and landed here. Hey, uh, we were talking earlier with Derek Dahlman over 13 First Alert weather, and you know you got to like this weather. I mean, it just is, but it's the ground isn't white, and white turns into moisture in the spring. How nervous are you about uh, spring? We got decent moisture. But still in all, we can't have an open winter. Open winters aren't good here. No, they certainly aren't. The the positive thing is we're not freezing to the core and freezing our soil four feet deep. So hopefully, you know, we've got nice warm temperatures. So hopefully we do get some snow cover before that ground freezes solid. Uh, But, hey, we got... One month closer to <laughs> one month closer to spring, right, Bob? It's kind of felt nice. So Can't hopefully the snow cover yeah. comes and all will be well by next spring. But uh, I'd be really concerned, you know, if we had these deep, yeah, 10 40, below, 15 yeah, below, yeah. and freezing that ground really, really deep without that cover. So got hopefully Christ- some of that comes. Got all your Christmas shopping done? I, I think my wife does. I got oh. mine to take care of. So I, I got a few things to take care of. But uh, it was, it was uh, certainly good seeing you. Have fun yeah. in Hawaii for... Uh, the month I never got to see on the the last show I did. Yeah, you yeah. guys are down in Kansas yeah, City, yeah. but enjoy your time down there. We'll do it. Thanks for stopping in this morning. You bet. Take care. All right, Brent Wink with us again, and uh, Brent, of course, uh, normally on our Winfield United Land of Lakes program during the planting, growing, and harvesting season, but uh, heading down our way to talk to some folks down in what Osseo country he said. So uh, that's a good thing. 
feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We've got markets to get to. We will. We're about 11 minutes before 6 o'clock here. But uh, the wolves are in the news. Wolves are always in the news when you talk about uh, outdoor Wisconsin, outdoor this country. And Colorado is involved in a, a wolf situation, let's call it, just weeks before the deadline for Colorado to begin reintroducing gray wolves under a voter-approved initiative. Representatives of the cattle industry in Colorado are suing state and federal agencies in hopes of delaying the release of the wolves. The Gunnison County Stock Growers and Colorado Cattlemen's Association say in the lawsuit filed Monday that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services failed to adequately review the effects of the plan to reintroduce up to 50 wolves over the next several years. The uh, vote was in 2020, a ballot measure, and it stirred a lot of controversy up there. But again, they introduced 50 wolves. 50 wolves turned into 100. 50 wolves turned into packs. And uh, again, talk to deer hunters that go up north in Wisconsin. Uh, how many deer are left and? uh the wolves are fat and sassy up there because they, they got a lot of things to eat, and if they can't find a deer, they're going to find a calf. So Colorado, they're not happy with what's going on as far as the release of wolves coming up here very soon. But the voters said, yeah, let's put wolves back in. Elections have consequences. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's get to the market, see what's happening as we wrap up the trading week at the sale barns around the countryside. Equity Altoona is where we stop first, find out what happened on Thursday. Here's Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers neffers dollar forty five to a dollar fifty nine. Choice dairy cross steers neffers dollar forty five to a dollar fifty seven. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar forty six to a dollar fifty three. Choice Holstein steers dollar thirty eight to a dollar forty five. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar thirty seven and down. Top twenty percent of the cold cows sold from eighty to ninety nine. An extreme top and a high yielding beef cow of a dollar seven. Sixty percent of the cows sold from sixty one to seventy nine. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from sixty and down. Organic market from Tuesday eighty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar forty to a dollar sixty one. Bottom twenty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar thirty nine and down. Cold bulls sold from eighty to a dollar. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. Eighty percent of the ninety five pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from one hundred and fifty to two hundred and sixty dollars per head. Light pork quality calves sold from one hundred and fifty dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from two hundred and fifty to five hundred and sixty dollars per head. Just a quick reminder, our next special feeder sale will be this Friday, December 15th, starting at noon. We're expecting 200 to 250 head for the sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get to more markets as we head over to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And that means to talk to our buddy Jerry Fitzgerald on a Friday morning. Man, oh man, 44 degrees today. You got to like that, Jer. Beautiful yesterday, and it's not going to be bad over the weekend either. Well, I know you did. There's some folks out there, I guess, that want some snow, and I guess... Uh, well, we all want of... snow. we got to have snow. Well, not too much, though. <laughs> well, we want to we wanna cover the ground and have moisture for spring. I mean, it's Wisconsin. I mean, the economy needs snow. 
tell right. you one thing. It, you, you can't drive that high-powered snowmobile of yours around without snow. <laughs> well, that's not a case here. But, no, seriously, we do need snow because otherwise the frost is just going to get very, yep, very deep, yep. and we don't want that. Uh, not at all. Well, let's get to wrapping up the week. What happened this week over at Stratford? All right, Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. Well, the uh, cattle market mostly on a weak trend here, and uh, yesterday on the cow market, high-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows this week, selling mostly from 89 to 95, topping at 97. Most of the cows we sold this week sold between 55 and 89. Thinner cows, light carcass cows, below 55. On the bull trade, the better quality bulls also on a weaker trend, mostly from 90 to 103. Extreme top in the bulls did reach 107. Lighter weight bulls, 85 and below. Fed cattle trend, uh, fed cattle, the same kind of trend there. Choice grading Holstein steers uh, this week were mostly from $1.33 to $1.43. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins, 144 to 150. Select cattle, underfinished uh, cattle, 130 and below. On the calf market on the close, good quality 9230 pound Holstein bull calves selling from 150 to 375. Fancy bull calves are earlier in the week from 400 to a top of 460. Heifer calves are mostly from 50 to 150, uh, topping on Monday at 200. Good quality beef calves, pretty decent demand all week, mostly from 300 to 575. And on Monday, a lot of these fancy beef calves from 600 to a top of 660. And just a reminder, our uh, Full marketing week on tap here next uh, week for Equity Stratford. Uh, that will include our next uh, our next uh, hay auction will be next Tuesday. Also, next feeder cattle auction December 19th. Next feeder cattle sale Wednesday, December 20th. So, Bob, that's what we have for the folks here this morning. Uh, you enjoy the weekend. And, yeah, this, uh, this weather is just something else. But, uh, you know, we're in Wisconsin, and we could be talking the 20th of January, and uh, it could be a whole different story. Yes, it could. 20th of January, it could be like 80, 82 degrees on the beach. That's where you're going to be, probably. <laughs> yeah, see you later. Have a good weekend. You, Bob. Thank you much. You also. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Board of Trade yesterday. Corn about steady. Beans were a little higher as the export sale reports were up. A weaker dollar and Brazilian prices. Brazilian commodities getting more expensive. Overnight, March corn, a fraction higher from yesterday's close, sitting at 480. The oats down a nickel at 365. The uh, March wheat contract down a penny at 614. Soybeans up four cents at 1336. Country elevator prices today over in Loyal. Corn is at uh, 405, soybeans at 1250 in Arcadia, 410 on the corn, 1260 on the beans at that elevator. Chippewa Falls in Connorsville, 404 on the corn, the beans 1247. At Golden Plump, on our DTN screen, we see that the uh, corn prices at 430 a bushel as those prices at the elevators down a couple of cents on corn and uh, up about 12 on soybeans. At uh, Baldwin and Elmwood, the corn price today is four ten. The beans twelve thirty four. Durand, Mondovi both have corn at four oh five. Beans and Durand twelve twenty four. Mondovi twelve twenty nine. Fall Creek corn four dollars a bushel. Soybeans twelve twenty four. Osseo four fifteen and twelve thirty four. At Elk Mound, the corn caches at four ten today. Beans twelve forty four. Sparta four fourteen and twelve twenty. Corn at Ellsworth three ninety five. Beans twelve twenty nine. Ethanol plants. Boyceville 422, Stanley 420, New Richmond 415. Dairy markets down, barrel cheese down two and a quarter, 149 and a half. Blocks lost three cents yesterday, 157. Butter unchanged, 246. Class three, December down one, 1620. January down a dime, 1624. February down 17 at 1634. March down 15 at 1708. 
April down eight at 1764. That downward trend is uh, not good. 44 today. Again, chance of rain. It's a cloudy day today. Chance of rain. Maybe a little better chance of rain tomorrow, but I don't think it's going to be one of those washout all day rains by any means. And it's still awfully nice for December. So enjoy. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.